everyone. Welcome to More Than an MBA, a podcast by students for students. Hosted by yours truly, Ed N, Vice President of Student Engagement, and Kai, our one and only President of the MBA Association. We're here to bring together all MBA students. Tune in for stories on community, inclusivity, and shared experiences. Hey, Khaled, thanks for joining us. Khaled is formerly an MBA student with the George Washington University. In fact, he just graduated this summer. I had the pleasure of being in the same class as Khaled over the summer, and better yet, we were on the same team. Today, Khaled will share with us some of his thoughts on diversity. So, Khaled, I will start off by asking you to give us a brief background of yourself, basically who you are, where you come from, what did you study during your time at GW, and anything else that you want to share about yourself with our listeners. Sure. Thanks. Thanks, Khaled. And yeah, my name is Khaled Halabi. I'm from Lebanon, so the best way to pronounce my name is Khaled Halabi, but in the States, it's Khaled Halabi, just to make it easier for everyone. I was born and raised in, in Lebanon and in the Middle East. I moved to the States in 2018, became a student at GW summer of 2020. And as you said, I, I graduated a couple of weeks ago. That last summer course was my last course as a, as a GW student. Basically, I am working at a company, a research company here called Hanover Research. It's based in Arlington, Virginia. I'm a proud father of my one-year-old and two-month <laughs> child. <laughs> and although... I mean, I'm a Middle Eastern, but I also been kind of enjoying trying to kind of acclimate within the new environment here in the U.S. And it's, it's been it's been great so far. And I also recently became a U.S. citizen as well. So definitely. Oh, congratulations! To, thank you. So definitely looking forward to staying longer here in the U.S. So Khaled, you mentioned that you came to the U.S. in 2018, so not too long ago, and not long after COVID hit. So how was it at the time? I mean, it's one thing to gradually acclimate to a new environment. It's another when during this process, COVID hits you and you are forced to be on lockdown. Very little in the way of social life, mostly stuck at home. How did you feel about that? And what did you think were some of the biggest obstacles that you faced during this process? Yeah, I mean, when COVID started, I think it was a shock to everyone just trying to absorb what was going on. That was, say, around March, April. But again, I knew that this is going to take a while and I needed to use my time and benefit from that time the best that I could. So that's why I decided to apply to my MBA at GW and then started my MBA and just graduated and basically try to capitalize on that opportunity, improve skills that I have. Also, I did improvement in my work and, and got recently promoted as well. So basically, I know it was a hit for everyone, but thankfully, none of my family members or, or friends had major things happen to them because of the pandemic. So basically, all of them are in good condition, even the ones who got over it. I was able to utilize that time to my advantage and create something positive that would help me even after COVID ended and not just basically waste that time and, and uh, during that period. That mindset helped me get get through it. And also having my wife and my wife was pregnant during COVID. So that was another thing. But again, adding to my pay, just being busy all the time, trying to keep myself busy. Of course, like not seeing my parents for three years. I still haven't seen my dad for more than three years now. It's just trying to take advantage of what was the hand that was given to me and try to make the best out of it. 
most of us, when we get handed something that we think of it as a disaster, perhaps, we typically try to view it from the perspective of, well, we're not really going to get affected by this. But the truth is, we really do get affected by it in the end. But sometimes there's a silver lining. All it takes is for us to say, okay, it's time to press on. In a sense, how do I make the best of things? And that's what you did. You didn't waste time. You continued to work. You decided to take up your studies and studied while working, and you even graduated early. Congratulations, by the way. Coming back to diversity, I think it really encompasses a lot of things. We briefly talked about the different subsets of diversity, including nationality, culture, the different races, but there are just a tiny fraction of what covers diversity as a whole. So complex is diversity that individuals have such a tough time being who they are. Every facet of their very being is being constantly and heavily scrutinized by others. Which leads me to the topic of masks. No, I'm not talking about the physical masks that we wear to combat COVID. I'm talking about the psychological masks that we wear in different situations we face every day. I think the more scrutinized we become, the more we feel compelled to wear these masks. What about you? When you came from the Middle East to the US, what were some challenges that you faced and did you feel you needed to wear masks? I think I was fortunate to see kind of different perspectives, how people in the Middle East look at diversity and how people here look at diversity. And again, some look from one lens, people who maybe have were born and grew up in the States and don't see what other countries kind of work when it comes to diversity and how they accept diversity. From my perspective, I can talk about these two different perspectives. So for example, back home and in the Middle East, you didn't see that much diversity. And when you did, there still seems to be like a, I would say like a hint of not accepting the other person. I, want, I don't want to say racism or anything like that. But there's not a lot of diversity. That's why it becomes harder to accept the other person. And again, back home, I didn't have tons of friends that were, say, African-American or even Asian. But here I had the opportunity to meet other people from different races, from different backgrounds and cultures. It was amazing just to be able to get to know different cultures and get to know different people. And I was able kind of to see it again from my lens, comparing to how I saw it in the Middle East, how different it was. Because when you're open basically to experiences and when you're able to know people from different backgrounds, from different religions, from different cultures, it gives you the opportunity to basically open up your mind to different individuals. Again, even though I lived in the Middle East, I always wanted to open myself up to other people. And I had that opportunity here, which was something that I'm glad that I did. Because it still baffles me here sometimes when people still look at one person differently because of the color of their skin or about the gender. Everyone has their own opinions, but in my opinion, it's just stupid. When you see how amazing it is, diversity can create within a company or within a country or within a city, it's just mesmerizing. Since I was born living in Lebanon, living then in Dubai and seeing different countries across the Middle East, and then seeing the diversity here, it really is kind of the factor that differentiates and makes this country so unique. It's not the, that we're just people who look the same, who act the same, who operate the same. Here, because there's so much diversity, it makes the country so special and so unique that everybody has something to add to the table. And that's why I think, again, U.S. is one of the greatest countries in the world because it is built on immigrants. And you can see that diversity shining and making this country so great.
Khaled, I think what you said earlier regarding the different lenses and perspectives is incredibly true. As a Singaporean, I was fortunate to have been brought up in a multicultural setting, being with different people from different races and backgrounds, all of which helped to lend some perspective. It made me think openly. I felt that I became very open-minded because I got to immerse myself in such an open environment. But then for you, for instance, you mentioned that you didn't have this environment as you were growing up. Despite this, your mindset was naturally inclined towards being open. You knew you wanted to explore, to try to accept different cultures, beliefs, and viewpoints. But above all, you strongly felt that it was your choice and yours alone to be open-minded rather than to be close-minded. I think there's definitely a degree of personal choice. I think it has to be something that comes within you. Because if somebody is willing, say, to change, that person needs to be convinced that a change is a good thing. So I think that definitely starts from within. But I feel also other factors from the outside does help. So, for example, if a person is not accepting of a person who has a different sexual orientation, for example, if circumstances are where they get to meet more and more people who basically have a different sexual orientation and get to know them more and more, it is internal, but at the same time, there are external factors that led them to a circumstance where they know more about the reasons for that individual being basically selecting a specific sexual orientation. And that, with kind of that internal change, helped build a more robust perception of how he perceived those specific individuals. Ultimately, it's all about our mindset. We need to be more receptive. Otherwise, we may as well hide in a cave up in a mountain somewhere and become a hermit. So my next question for you is this, at least to those close-minded individuals, hermits, what have you, if you had the chance to tell somebody who may not necessarily be as open or who may be a little bit reticent about learning about new cultures, new perspectives, and you had the chance to tell them one thing, what would that be to hopefully change their minds or alleviate their concerns and their worries? From my perspective, I think talking a lot more so than listening. So that's, I feel, things a lot of people do where they have, again, there are differences between, say, the Democrats or Republicans or far left, far left and far right. Nobody wants to listen to the other. They want to push what they believe to what the other person should be doing. So I feel it's more of, in order to establish better communication with people that don't necessarily have the same views, you have to listen to it from their perspective. They have a reason why they think about specific topics the way they do, the, the same way that you think about specific topics the way that, that you do. So from my standpoint, it's it's better when we listen and see what, what led them to that specific thought. And if somebody doesn't agree with us, that we believe that they should be agreeing, that doesn't mean that they're wrong and we're right. On the contrary, maybe we're going to talk about it, but like, for example, Roe versus Wade. Again, I have a specific standpoint where I am with abortion and I hated what happened, but that doesn't mean that I'm right and another person is wrong. That's my opinion. So I feel that way we need to be more open to hearing what other people say more so than talking. When we talk about being open, I mean, you and I, we can be open. But just because we're open does not mean that only other people need to listen to us. We need to do the same for others, too. This process of listening isn't just a one-way street. It goes both ways. And you know, we can approach listening in the form of being a sponge. 
In saying this, obviously, we shouldn't take in other people's viewpoints directly at face value. But the thing is that we're willing, that we need to be willing to accept that the other person has his or her own viewpoints. And, you know, it may not necessarily align with us, but frankly, that's okay. The end goal is for both sides to sincerely and authentically listen. And I think most people these days, we don't. We get aggressive, we get abusive, we start shouting at one another. Worse still, we start attacking one another. When both sides are really willing to sit down and truly listen to what each other has to say, I think the world can be a lot more at peace with one another. We can be kinder to one another. We do a lot of hearing, but we don't do a lot of listening. I know that seems grade school basics, but basically that's what's happening where one person has one opinion and okay, I'm going to hear what you're going to say, but that's not actually going to make any difference because that's, I think about things in a particular way and I'm not going to change. It's, it's the way that we approach those situations that I think is very important. There are so many obstacles in life that hinder us. It doesn't even have to fall under the diversity spectrum. But obviously, in this case, we're talking about that. And you seem to be dealing with change and with getting used to a new culture very well. But outside of psychological willpower, do you have any support factors around you? I mean, it can be friends, family, you know, anyone who is really there to help keep you grounded at times when you feel perhaps a little bit pressured, a little bit down, or you feel like you just need an outlet to vent or to rant. Who can you turn to? It was difficult because I live away from my family. Like they're halfway across the globe right now. And <laughs> yeah. I don't know when like when I tell them goodbye. I don't know when I'm going to see them again. So it's definitely difficult. But I'm sure there's tons of people that go through the same thing. Even people that are from this country, they come from different states or different cities and come here. So again, it's not that I'm unique in any way. It's happening to everyone especially like we live in such a like a small world right now where you can move whatever you want but i feel there's like several factors like or sense of motivators for me that keep me going like internal motivation where in this country i can truly accomplish like my true potential i didn't have as much opportunities back home so this country provides you with a lot of areas to grow and improve and prove yourself and so it motivates me like, okay, I need to keep going because really I can be my true self and I can reach my goals by continuing to be motivated and, and staying here in the U.S. Of course, there are other factors such as having an amazing wife, having a kid that basically whenever I'm down, I could just spend five minutes with them and I'm good for the rest of the day. But I feel yeah, a lot of it has to do with internally being convinced as well that this is the best thing for you and this is the best thing for your family in addition to having other people support you. Like you said, it's a combination. You don't have to just have those external support factors. If the external support factor isn't there, then you can also rely on inner willpower, fighting spirit, the optimism to really help you keep going, to look at things in a more positive light. We live in a world with so much strife, violence, there's so much anger. I was hoping to hear a little bit more from you about your hopes for the foreseeable future. I mean, I hope a lot of things just because... Especially like when you become a father, you look at the world differently and it's not about, okay, what's going to happen in the next 10 or 20 years. It's about what's going to happen in the next 50 or 60 years. So you hope on a lot of things, but to be honest, it's becoming more and more difficult to be hopeful in this world, especially with what's going on in, in wars and how people treat each other. And especially in the U.S. with all of those mass shootings, it's become very difficult to be hopeful. 
my father-in-law was telling me that sometimes I'm afraid to go to a supermarket because I don't know what's going to happen. Like that, I do not feel this way when I'm in Saudi, but I do feel this way when I'm in the U.S. So that's that's a scary thought right there. I think one thing is that we need to be a little bit less sensitive. You see a lot of people where if they don't agree with you on something or have their opinion, they want to force your opinion down to you. And because they don't want to hear anything back, that's that's something where I've noticed a lot. And just being basically more human, listening to other people, talking to other people and not taking everything so personally. That's something that I'm seeing a lot recently, especially since I moved here. It's just baffling. People are becoming less and less willing to live within a community, not willing to treat other people with respect and love. The recent July 4th shootings, for instance, they terrified me. I planned to head out to celebrate, and then midway, I just turned around and went home because I just felt uneasy. I don't so much fear for my safety as a Singaporean Chinese, someone who looks a little bit different, or even just as an individual as a whole, then I feel disappointed that such violence can even occur especially in such a situation where people are celebrating happily with one another. One last point. I enjoyed what you said about being able to take things with a grain of salt. The gist of it is for us to remember not to be so sensitive with what other people have to say. You stand firm with what you believe in and understand that other people will have their own viewpoints and you probably can't change that. But you can still carry on because life has to and will invariably go on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just like extremism that's increasing and increasing. It's just we're listening to one to one person or one group or one society is saying, and we're not listening to other people that live within the same country are saying and being brainstormed and hearing negative thoughts from one very small association or, or, or group of people and not immersing yourself into the greater good of living in such an amazing country. So it's something that definitely needs to be improved as the days and years go by because it's becoming scary for people, for me, Arab-American or for you, Asian or African-American, but even for all of the Americans, everyone who basically immigrated to this country or has been in this country for hundreds of years because when there's no safety and no security, that's when things get really bad. I couldn't agree more. Khaled, I really enjoyed our conversation and I really appreciate all of your insight. It's been an absolute pleasure having you here. Congratulations again and I wish you all the very best in your future endeavors. Yeah, thank you so much, Kai, for having me. It was, it was really fun and I have a lot of things to look forward to, especially that I just graduated, so I'm definitely looking forward congratulations, to Congratulations, my friend. And, again, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll be back next month. To learn more about the GW MBA Association, email us at mbaa at gwu.edu. Please note that all material in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. It does not represent the opinions of the George Washington University.